Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman. Can't you tell, man? Gonna post it. What up, Fran? Yeah. How are you doing, my guy? Doing great, man. Can't complain. You know, what the old heads say. They say. Can't complain because it ain't going. It won't change anything. It won't change anything. Won't change anything. Complaining gonna do, man. You might as yeah. well, you know, just, just bear it. grit, 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 and bear it. Yeah, something man. like that. Other than say. that, I'm good, man. I, I, what about you? I'm good. Um, I was working on some Patreon content. Mm-hmm. Um, that I will reveal in due time. I'm very nervous and excited and. This might be the most vulnerable thing I've ever done, and I'm really excited about it, but the person that I did it with, I had a couple bottles of wine mm-hmm. just to unwind, it's funny. wine to unwind, and so, yeah, man, this is going to be a one-story episode. We're going to do yours, yeah, and we're going to call it, day. I just don't, I just, uh, hours, I mean, I'm talking about four hours of talking and recording Damn. that I did. I'm coming straight from to do this. Yeah. Um, so I just had me a little concerned, man. I was calling. Yeah, it was oh, one of those yeah. things where you like you're in the middle of like gems, like gems were happening, and, and it's just like my phone was ringing. I was like, I'll call him after the gems, and then after the gems were done, we ended up in another gems, <laughs> and then other like vulnerable conversations. It just kept not being the right time yeah. when my phone was ringing. I was like, I'll get. I'll, I know I said seven thirty, whatever I said. I was like, I got you, bro. But like, I can't. This this is we're in a pocket right now. Yeah, we were in a pocket where I was, and I'm really excited to get to digging into what I was working on today to give to people. But um, yeah, man, I just don't. I, I wasn't able to um, pull out a true crime story this week, so it, the the burden is going to hang heavy on your shoulders. But 
If cool. you're a person that listens to this podcast for additionally things besides the true crime stories, hey man, Fran, did you watch the Oscars? No. Me either. <laughs> but did you see the biggest event of the Oscars? Yeah, man. It was one of those things where it was like, like you go to sleep and it's like when you're sleeping, mm-hmm. it's like you're it's like you're in a, your own little coma. Yes. And you're like dead to the world. The best. And shit is just go, shit is just happening. Like the world is still revolving while you're sleeping, right? But it doesn't affect you. Then you wake up and go, What happened? Yeah. <laughs> it's like this it's like unbelievable. Yeah. Now let me say, let me preface this with I don't care. Cause there's gonna be people. Yeah. I don't have a take. I don't I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try to cover all the takes, honestly. Cause I don't care. Um these are rich people. This was a little scuff up. I'm from Baltimore. I didn't seen people get slapped for less. I didn't seen people get slapped for more. But a lot of people haven't. And that was interesting to see, like, the reaction. Mm-hmm. People like, oh, violence? Yeah. Physical violence? Um, that wasn't my reaction. I would assume that wasn't your reaction. No. Um, and uh, I saw it in real time. I was on Twitter in real time. And... I would like for you to first off. Okay. I would like for you to take the reins to start for mm-hmm. one, and also if you could touch on your thoughts on jokes. Okay. If you could, yeah. As a man who is engaged, yeah. A father, mm-hmm. is there a line? Touch on that. Is okay. You know, go go for it. All right. So what do you want me to start? Just okay. You can use Will. So okay. So for people who don't know, live under if you're Patrick Star, um, Will Smith. Was at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. He was nominated for an Oscar. He yeah. went on to win that Oscar. Chris Rock was one of the hosts. Mm-hmm. He made a joke about Jada Pinkney Smith. I thought it was a very like throwaway joke. For people who don't even know, G.I. Jane is a movie that came out in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, Demi Moore played an, a, a, a soldier, a woman who went into the army. So she shaved her head to have like a jarhead haircut mm-hmm. and went into the army. And Chris Rock basically said, hey, G.I. Jane 2. Yeah. Jada Pinkett Smith, can't wait to see it. To right. imply that she looks like she's in a jarhead in the military. Yeah, uh, Will Smith stood up. Mm-hmm. There's some controversy about was he laughing at first, and then Jada Pinkett looked at him to be like, "I didn't find that funny. Go take care of that." Mm-hmm. Um, but ev- at some point, he stood up, went up to Chris Rock, and smacked him in the face. Yep. Then he went and sat back down. He was not asked to leave. And then later on in the night, he received he won an Oscar for best supporting actor or best male performance or whatever he won an Oscar. He won an award. After smacking somebody in the face, mm-hmm. so if you could pick up from there, okay. um, uh, where where you stand, who if there's a side you you lean, don't pick a side definitively, but okay. like if there's a side you lean t- more towards, and just your thoughts. Okay, um, I'll start with uh, all right. When I first saw, because once know something happens now, mm-hmm. social media is all over. Oh, so and you woke up late, so I woke the. Up. We had been, I say we because I was involved in it. Yeah. It was all night. Yeah. Making jokes, whatever. I could tell that the serious takes were coming, but I tried to laugh through those. I'm, like, I'm not going to get involved in the serious takes. I'm just going to keep laughing at the jokes. But the serious takes eventually came, obviously. But you woke up and that had already taken place. Yeah. So I woke up and I go, I saw something like a, uh, like a, just a screenshot and like somebody did a joke. And I go, wait, what happened? And I thought it was like a, you know, like a, I thought this was a skit or something, mm, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, a lot of people, s- a lot of people did in the moment too. Yeah, because all you saw was like him. You see, just him, like after he already, after he connected, like his his hand is like 
down, yeah. like that forward motion after you hit somebody. Mm-hmm. And then I go, okay, let me go look this. So I looked it up, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, you, he smacked a yeah. grown man on national television. For sure. And the discussion of whether or not it was real for me, once he cursed, I knew yeah. it was real. You could have a discussion about if the smack looked real or not. I don't care. Once he went back to his seat and they cut to him being like, keep my wife's neck. That's when I was yeah. like, oh, that's this is not fake. Yeah. This is not a skit because where's the skit going if it's a skit? Right. This is real. So, yeah, continue. Sorry. So, um, how I really feel. Go for it. I don't like Chris. I never like Chris. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so everybody that's why hates I think, Chris. You don't like Chris Rock? You don't find him he's funny? He's not funny. He's not funny mm. to me at all. I don't find his. He's provocative. I think he has. he's very intelligent. He has some very intelligent jokes. I don't think he's funny, man. I, um, that's, that's okay. Chris Rock and, um, what's that movie called? Uh. Uh, I want to say, um, what's the one is the rap group? What's that movie, man? CB4? CB4. That's, CB4. That's the standard you're holding him to? CB4, I was a fan of Chris Rock. When he was like, let me get a one rib. Yeah. Let me get a, how much is the rib? But Chris Rock, I just don't, I never okay. thought it was funny. I never liked it. I mean, so I, think, I, think, I, was I, like, think, I think the black people versus niggas bit is his biggest bit, and I think it's pretty brilliant. Are you familiar know. with it? No, I don't. Where it's like black people do this, but niggas do this. Oh, okay. And yeah, but I that's like that. his biggest bit. It's it's a funny, it's an objectively funny bit. But yeah. but I that's every Chris Grock isn't everybody's cup of tea. Right. I don't. I, so I was like, oh well, he gets Max. I don't care. But it's like me as me as because like, you didn't find him funny. I, you were like, I don't, oh, I don't, whatever. I, don't, I just don't. I'm not a fan of him. So it's like I don't. So I kind of don't care. So it's like if he gets Max, I don't give a shit. Who I don't care. So it was like that part of me was like whatever. Uh huh. Cause I like Will Smith. It was like a yeah, of course. I was like, we all love Will Smith. I like Will Smith. He smacked him. So what? Yeah. Go Will Smith. But I'm like, you smacked the grown man on live television. That it's, part of you, that's disrespectful. Coming from where you come that's from, that's a whole. That no, part, man. that part no. was loud in you though, and I know yeah, it was. Man. Even if you don't like Chris Rock, it's like fuck Chris Rock. Yeah, a grown man went up and smacked another smack, him. not punched. Honestly. It would have been less disrespectful no, no, no. if he punched him. He slapped him. He sma- open hand smacked him in his <laughs> face. No. He slapped. I don't. Slap. Yeah, he slapped. Smack. Out. No. Slap. It's, it's so disrespectful, man. Yeah. You For you to smack, slap, whatever on national television, I don't care. He's rich. rich you know, Chris Rock's, fuck all this. Mm-hmm. We going, we scrap it. For sure. I don't care. Not even a question. All this, they going to have to go it's commercial. A, it's, a squab- that's it. it's a squabble happening. Because that's period. it. Period. It's not even a question. And it's like so innate in me and that, that it, it really, that is what, that's a lot of the people, what people are leaning on to say that it's fake is that I know where I come from and I know how I grew up and I'm a respectful person. But if you spat on me yeah. or slap me or called me out of my name or disrespect, there's just, there's just like a certain amount of principles, like maybe let's say five, even if I can't name all five of them yeah. right now, there's like five things on a, on a short list of things where it's like, Oh, we got to fight. It's not yeah, even a absolutely. It's not a discussion. It's not a diffuse the situation. It's like the only response that I that the only response where I feel like a human being again is me putting hands on you. Yeah, and a lot of people didn't get that. No, there were, a lot of people at the Oscars are rich people. Yeah, people that have never been in a fight before, never seen a fight before, and the idea of putting hands on somebody was this foreign concept that just like 
traumatize them. Like, oh my, I can't, oh, how can I recover from this? I've never seen somebody be smacked before. And as somebody who's seen people be smacked before, and as a person who understands that there's lines, because a lot of people at the Oscars don't have lines. They go, you can say whatever you want to. I can say, fuck you, suck my dick. Uh, I'm richer than you. You're poor. You, I can say what I can say whatever I want. Mm. If I don't put my hands on you, then that's fine. Yeah. And that's a world that a lot of people live in where it's like, you can say whatever you want. Don't ever put your hands on somebody. But as a person who grew up in a world that I know Will Smith came from, I don't care how many movies he did. Independence Day, Seven Pounds, <laughs> The Pursuit of Happiness, whatever. Will Smith is from Philadelphia, yeah. Pennsylvania, very close to Baltimore. In many ways, besides like geographically, right. the mentality is the same in a lot of ways. Yeah. And the idea that of lines exists still where it's like, don't disrespect my mother. Mm-hmm. Don't disrespect my wife. Yep. Don't put your hands on me. Don't spit on me. Don't call me out of my name. And there's other, there's other things on that list that I can't think of right now. Yeah. But Will Smith took one of those things very personally and he went and he smacked this man in his face. In his face. And the, and the part that is missed for me where it's like, it's, it's, I hate to say it, but it's a cultural thing. There are a lot of people that saw that Chris Rock thing and they went, oh, damn, he smacked him in his face. But like, I mean, hey, man, he disrespect his wife. I don't know. I for and, and as a person who I've done stand up, mm-hmm. I've been on the stage. Now, my form of stand up was never like a look at this guy with his big uh, bus windshield glasses. Or mm-hmm. I wasn't I was never a guy that like did crowd participation and like made fun of people. But I was a person who was aware in life where you go, if I make fun of you and you take it deeply personal and you decide you want to do something, I got to be ready to deal with whatever those consequences are. Now, I do believe in free speech and comedians being able to make jokes and all of that stuff, mm-hmm. but you can't just expect people to not react to anything. To, for people to un- you can't expect people to understand, like, it's comedy. You can't react negatively to comedy. That's not the world we live in. in that's way. the world that comedians live in, though. That's exact, And that's the disconnect. Because as a... Co- I'm not a comedian, but as a person who understands the comedic mind where you go, I have every right to show up at a comedy club and make the every joke that I want to say, and you don't have any right to like physically put your hands on me, but you don't have any control over any human being. And if it, I don't live with Will Smith. This is the part that I, and, and I couldn't wait to come on a microphone and, 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 and try to flush out again. Let me just say this. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> What happens to Will Smith? What happens to Chris Rock? I don't care. But what I will say is, we don't live with Jada Pinkett Smith. I have no ability to say alopecia is not a serious disease. There's a lot of, there's a lot of discussion about that. Like, it's not cancer. She doesn't have leukemia. But, like, I don't live with Will Smith. I wasn't, I'm not Will Smith at 1230 in the morning with Jada Pinkett crying on his Because who? That's his wife. Mm-hmm. So if she's feeling insecure about having alopecia, she's feeling insecure about seeing her hair falling out in the sink, who does she go and tell that to? Her husband. Mm. So when you sit and, and you're a person who's lived through that and you're a person who the only thing you've heard for the last 30 years is yes. Will Smith hasn't heard a critical comment since the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. He hasn't heard of, oh, I didn't think that movie was that great. He hasn't heard anything like that. So he's only heard positive things. Mm-hmm. And, you, you're, and you're, going, you're coming off of the year that Will Smith has had, the two years that Will Smith has had. Will Smith is a joke. And I don't think that that's being talked about enough. When you talk about mental health, I put a tweet out that said, you know, people only care about mental health when it's like cute. When it when it's violent, 
when it's in your face, when it's real fucking mental illness that's being talked about, people, they want to get rid of it. Oh, it's gross. Oh, he hit people. That's a part of mental illness, man. And Will Smith is a person who, for the last two years, y'all didn't call him a bitch. <laughs> he doesn't take care of his family. His kids are weird. His wife cheats on him. She's still in love with Tupac. Tupac's a better man than him. You don't think Will Smith hears that shit? And then on a night where he is supposed to be a night about him, narcissism, all that shit, I don't care, whatever, I get that. I think the Oscars is the most pretentious thing in the world. Everybody's comes in to sit around and get trophies for their performances and movies that they get paid millions of dollars for. It's all like assholery, right? I don't give a shit. But it's a night that's supposed to be about him. He played a role in this movie. He's nominated for an Oscar. And at the front row, this dude, Chris Rock, thinks he can go, and look at your fucking wife with her bald head or what, what and whether or not it was a light joke or whatever it was it's coming off of two years of people being like you're a bitch you don't your wife doesn't respect you your family doesn't respect you you're a loser whatever this that and the third and that might have just been the last fucking straw it might have just been the last fucking straw because i don't think chris rock deserved to get slapped i thought it was a like nothing mm -hmm. i thought it was a nothing joke okay did you not did you what? i mean How'd you, I mean, like, would you, do you know what G.I. Jane is? Did you know what G.I. Jane was when you heard the joke? I, 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 you I, understood. I got it because that G.I. Joe, I get it. You understood. It. I understood it. So I, I, I got the joke. I, I never seen the movie, but I was like, okay, I see where he's going. With I the get what head. his, what, I yeah. get what he was, I get, the, I get what he was saying. I get the joke. But what I was saying was like, okay, number one, I don't, I don't like Chris Rock. That's how you have to lead off. It just didn't matter. <laughs> so it, the whole thing, like you just said, you don't care. It didn't, it didn't matter to me. I was like, yeah. whatever. Okay, Will Smith, you don't smack a grown man on television, right? National television. Two uh, or three, based on Chris Rock, the reason why he probably didn't respond like we would probably respond was because he probably was like, you know, what the hell? Just disbelief. Happened? Yeah, disbelief. Yeah. Uh, we're on national We're on, not even, we're on global television. Yeah. And, and he just came just, on the stage and smacked and me. smacked me. So he probably was like. Disbelief. Just still trying to like, what the hell? Trying to stay happened? professional, trying yeah, yeah, to have yeah. some decorum. Yeah. So everybody was like, oh, I like how you handled it. But it was like, I think he was more shocked. Yeah. Absolutely. I That's agree. what I think. I agree fully. It was, it, I, I don't think, think it was, was a calculated decision no, 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 to be no. like, don't, don't no. fight Muhammad Ali. No. But I feel like Will Smith could have been like, you know, like you say, it could have been, could have been less straw, right? But he could have handled it. I really think that's what it was. He could have been, he could have handled it a totally different way. Oh, for he sure. He could have been like, after the I'll Oscars, you, I'll, I'll yeah. handle it after the it show. A way he could have told his wife, I'll, I'll, "Don't worry about it." We get for him to because right it makes then there. right then and there on TV. As much as I hate to say it, it makes it's a it's a bad hit on all black people. I think because oh, a lot of people uh, said this be only because of I got some thoughts. It's I, two, go ahead, finish. It's two black people, mm -hmm. and for him to show to to react violently, yeah, okay, it's a bad look. Okay. It's a bad look, man. On TV, full a room full of white people. I, I, it's a bad look, bro. I got you. Okay. Um, I heard that. You thought. have to admit it's a bad look. See, that's the thing. It's complicated, right? Because we've had discussions on this podcast where we go, "Oh, I don't eat watermelon in public. I don't eat fried chicken in public because of perception and internalized whatever." Right? And I feel that's the same thing, right? I don't think that. I think that objectively, that was a classless situation. But the idea that, oh, man, not in front of the white people, I don't, I think we should try to leave that behind, that we have this, like, standard that we have to live up to 
And if white people are embarrassed or look at us, look at the situation weird, then it, it sets all black people back 100 years. Because I don't feel that way. I don't feel set back from that. It just feels like something that's some celebrity thing that happened. Like, it's the same thing. Mel Gibson, there's an audio that leaked to him out about, this was like 2011, I remember this leaked out. He's like, I hope you, he was talking to his ex-wife on the phone. He goes, I hope you get raped by a pack of niggers. And that was kind of like, but Mel Gibson had a lot of strikes, but that was like his big strike where mm -hmm. people go, all right, we can't put Mel Gibson in movies anymore. And Will Smith has been Mr. <laughs> and getting jiggy with it for like 40 years. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, thousands of movies, all this stuff. And one night, one moment that I feel like was a glimpse into the dark side of mental illness and he's a monster and an animal and doesn't act human. A lot of the adjectives that I heard people attributing to Will Smith after that, I was like, this is kind of gross. Yeah, but one time is all it takes, though. But that's not right, though. It doesn't matter if you, it's you right. You spend your whole life. You spend your whole life building a, a reputation and stuff, and you have one moment that, of weakness, and it ruins. It doesn't. You're, that doesn't. You're ruined. That doesn't matter, bro. What, but why doesn't it matter? Does it not matter because he's a black man? Yes. That's not right, though. It doesn't that's matter. If it, right. But it doesn't matter that's if it's not, not right. right. It doesn't that's matter right. if it's not right. You can sit. We can both sit up here and say it's not right. But but you recognize that that's we, not right, though. Even if you understand yeah. that's how it is, you yeah. know that's fucked up, right? Yeah, but uh, but it's Will Smith. But I'm saying it doesn't matter. We can sit up here and say it's not right. It doesn't matter if it's not right. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> None no, of that matters. You're right. You're right. You're right. Absolutely, you I don't get think that it's that's right. fucked yeah, up, right? Absolutely. I'm black, of course. You spend your whole life, bro, doing everything right. What does Will Smith have as a smudge on his record? And maybe this is a cultural thing. Maybe I'm I'm from Baltimore. I've seen people get smacked in their face. So maybe I take physical violence as differently than other people. Maybe that's what it is. And that possibly is what it is. We've come in we've come across this before. The Michelle Blair situation. We've come across situations where I go, maybe my upbringing has clouded my ability to properly be able to judge this. I don't think it's right that Chris Rock got smacked. No. But I don't think that like Will Smith should be should he be arrested? And I'm like, no, it's it was it was a it was like a it was a it was just something that happens. I don't know. Sometimes you say some shit at a barbecue, and that's and that's what it always goes back. That's why I say it's cultural. Like sometimes you, two uncles are at a cookout and you say something, you bring up something, uh, you stole his girl when you guys were something, and you guys just gonna squabble. That's the only way to get it out. We're gonna go and fight. In the, in the yard in front of everybody. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be, once it's done, it's done. And that might just be black culture. I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. Because the idea that people are like, oh my God, he's like a monster. Where are the police? It's like, the police? I mean, he smacked him in his face. He slapped him. He slapped him. I, smack even feels a little harsh. Yeah, but he slapped him. In front of, but that's, in you, front but of. that's you speaking to the embarrassment, not the violence. That's even embarrassing. It's embarrassing as shit. I don't have any, there's no <laughs> rebuttal. Yeah, it was mad embarrassing. Yeah, if you slap me in my face in front of the world, we have to fight. I have to get my opportunity to fucking get my licks back. Yeah, but if that's not public, it it's like you can never get back the embarrassment that you received. He can never like make it even. You know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 it's like if he slaps him, well, did you slap him on the Oscar stage? No. If you didn't do any of that, it's like it's never going to be even, Stevens. But at the same time, I'm not like he should be put in jail. I don't feel that way. I, don't think, I, don't, I think that's a bit excessive. But. Yeah. And, but again, it's like maybe our judgment is clouded because of where we're from and our yeah. culture and our upbringing. Also, if I was Chris Rock, he probably would have got a good lick on, a lick on me too because I, I would go, I, I would have thought he was coming up to like 
Jo- say something to, or whatever yeah, to you know come back on come back at me with a joke. Yeah, exactly. I wasn't expecting to slap me in my face. And I think that at the <laughs> core of it, that's what Chris Rock thought. I think Chris Rock thought like, oh boy, he's gonna take the mic from me and go, "You're ugly" or whatever, or "My wife's bald head is worth more than your whole." That's what he thought was gonna happen. Yeah. And instead, he received a dude from Philadelphia who was going what who had a moment of mental illness, because real realistically, bro. Really, to put it into context, what would it take for you to slap somebody in their face in the middle of a shift at your job? Um, no, knowing, disrespect. knowing, knowing like I could get fired. They might call the police. All of the consequences are very much real. So we can play the game of like Will Smith maybe thought he was so untouchable that he thought he could do that. But I don't think that was the case. I think he didn't think about any of that. Yeah. I think That's he fine. was just mad. And you have to think about how mad, how small, how insignificant you have to feel to go, I'm not even thinking about any consequences. I just need to go and confront this person. Yeah, That's mental illness, bro. And we live in this society where mental illness is like at the forefront of everything and people talk about mental illness and it's all this buzzword. That's what mental illness looks like sometimes. Sometimes it looks like a dude just flying off the handle and doing something that's not okay. And we have to go, as much as I think that's not okay, I understand that he's in a bad place. And that's how I feel. And I also feel I also don't care at the same time. I don't care, but I also don't want to. Because I can laugh about it. I, I also go, don't want to share the memes. Yeah, I also don't want to say it's, it's, it has something to do. It could have a little bit to do, but I think less of it had something to do with mental illness, though. But him being mad doesn't have, doesn't. Not suppo- it doesn't mean it has something to do with mental illness. He could have just been upset. Sure. Because the clip that I, you know, that everybody sees but is But if him he had laughing. just said, like, keep my wife's name out of your mouth from the audience. Yeah, but. That's I'm, mad. Yeah, but the clip that, that we've all seen with him laugh and then. Yeah. It cuts to him just walking up. Sure. What happened between those five to ten seconds between that? And I also had a discussion. I, don't know. I also had a discussion with somebody where it was like, that also could have been editing. You know, the editing went out the window after he smacked. That's why the show, the show cut off. In oh, the did. U.S. It like went to the audio cut off. They went to commercial. Oh, he did? So they, up to that point, that what you saw could have been a delay of 30 seconds from the previous joke. But I don't know. Maybe he did laugh at first. That's the thing. It's like, Will Smith, we have to give him the benefit of the doubt to go, Will Smith has been a professional in this industry for 30 years. And maybe he goes, I know cameras are going to be on me. I'm nominated for, for King Richard. The, the cameras are going to cut to me when, Will, when Chris Rock makes a joke about me and my wife. I'm going to fake laugh. We've all fake laughed before, but then he fake laughed. And when he looked at his wife, who he lives with, let's say, I don't know their situation, but let's say he lives with his wife. All the stuff I said, mm. let's say he lives with his wife. He was there when she's giving him the alopecia. My hair is, I don't feel like a woman. I don't feel sexy. He's there for that. When the woman that you love is like, I just don't feel attractive. I um, have had my self-esteem is at a low point. I know those conversations. I'm not in Will Smith's house. But let's say he 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 decided to go, ha ha, uh, fake laugh, hearty heart heart, and he looked at his wife and he saw the frustration, the anger, the embarrassment. He experienced all of that, right? Yeah. Like he he felt that pain that she felt because he was there in those rooms on those nights where she was crying because her hair was falling out. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, this isn't funny. Now I'm gonna go fucking. I gotta go. I gotta go approach him. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not in his mind. But I can I can relate to that. Point being, I th- I think that this was a combination of mental 
stress and embarrassment and things that we might not even be able to comprehend. Yeah, but again, but I also don't care. Again, I don't want to put too much on the mental health thing. Okay. Only because some people may take it the wrong way. And if they do, I get it. Because at, after the show was over, you know, I mean, after that, the incident happened, he got his award. Yeah, that emotional. was like pretty gangster though. Yeah, emotional. That didn't was even hard. didn't even mention it. Didn't he bring it up? He apologized after, to uh, several people. Yeah, but Chris Rock. Yeah, that was kind of hard. And after the show, they took pictures and was like, "We something we chose chaos. Some some yeah, some it, some it, it, it all but, it all was kind of hard. But it was like, it all was kind of hard. It was kind of like he it was like he did it. It was just like whatever. Yeah, he it didn't give a like, shit. It, it was like whatever. I mean, he got to stay and accept his Oscar. Yeah, but, and give a speech. Yeah. But it was hard. I do get about the whole, you know, his wife being just, you know, everybody's like, like you said, she didn't have cancer and all that stuff. It's mm. like, I didn't say that, but I, I said people, people, but I'm like, cause now it's like now comedians are, this is, this is, this is, um, this is, this the is hill. material. This is material. This, now. This, they is, they can, this is material and the hill. Use. Yeah. So they was like, you know, she's not cancer, but it's like, you don't know. Again, you don't know what she deals with for sure behind closed doors. You don't know what the pain they both had to deal with. All people talk, people talk about their relationship entanglements and all kinds of shit for like years, years. now. Years, it's been years, years bro. Years, and, and then, all at Chris at, at Will Smith being the butt of the joke. Yeah, years, and it's like, yeah, man, when you cross the line, when it's wives, when it's kids, it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, man, I don't care. I don't care about none of this. Yeah, I'm shutting all this. That's all what this it felt like. <laughs> You got to think about it. It's Will Smith, yeah. bro. He, yeah. he knows the consequences. Yeah. He didn't care. That's how much it made him like viscerally angry. But again, I don't like Chris Rock. So I, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's like, whatever, you know? I had to go to work the next day. I didn't. I, that's, that's my thing. That's my whole thing where it's like, he got slapped. So what? <laughs> whatever. I mean, I get people want to talk about it. Who gives a Whatever. Who? I don't care. That's how I felt, honestly. Because what, what happens after after he got slapped? He goes and get in his... He's, he had a his, show his, for 30,000 people the next day. go to day. his mansion or whatever. His, he literally had a show in a like a, an auditorium the next day. I don't care. People filming from the second balcony. Yeah. So it's like, it's one of those kind of things where it's like, when you say it set black people back, it's like, man, bro, there's a ton of real shit going yeah, on. Yeah, but I get it, though. That's, that, that, that black people have to deal with. Two rich dudes who happen to be black, one of them getting smacked, it, it it isn't that deep for me. It's just a violent act. But it's fucked up that it is that deep for a lot of white people. Yeah. That went, oh, I look at Will Smith. I, he'll, totally different. He's yes. never the same. And that's the part that like one one incident and it's done. Yeah. One incident and your whole reputation is thrown out the window. Everything. And that's a high bar. But I, but it, it all How depends on. How many people are Will Smith? Again, I want to make it clear <laughs> to people like I understand getting on a stage at a globally televised event and smacking somebody is absolutely crazy yeah i get that but like what what other incidents can we point to to where we're calling will smith an animal i get it it's like this was this was fucked up behavior this was not okay there should be consequences people should have thoughts about it but he's done yeah but he's done but what's gonna happen though what's gonna happen we'll forget about it I think so. We'll forget about it. That that's was a, why I'm not invested. There was in a it. mass shooting today. Yeah. We'll forget about it. It's that's, way that's, more important shit than than that. Right that's now. why I'm not That's why I'm not invested in it. Companies will step away. They'll 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 be they'll be stories coming out. Yeah. Yeah. There'll be stories coming out. Oh, Bad Boys Four isn't coming out. Yeah. 
But a year from now, it, it'll all go back into play. And that's why I'm like, it's until the year reunion comes around, that's when everybody's yeah, talking again. That's why I'm like, it set black people back. I don't like that mentality, especially not for this. Like, I just don't, I just don't think we should hold our standard of anything up to like if black, if white people are skeeved out or uncomfortable from something that happened yeah. because there's a lot of things that are far less down the scale of like smacking somebody that might make a white person uncomfortable if they came to a family function and heard the aggressive yelling or whatever however we choose to communicate with each other might set somebody from a different culture off and go oh i don't I don't want that around me. Well, I don't, I don't want to do this again. Like, yeah. Just, and so we yeah. shouldn't go, oh, well, we can't do that. That's embarrassing. We don't want to embarrass ourselves like that in front of white people. And I've been victim to that. I understand like people are disgusted, whatever it is. But like if we're if we live in a culture where we we prioritize mental health and you don't understand that that is clearly a dude going through some kind of mental anguish. That's crazy to not. That's like that's contradictory. Yeah. He didn't run up there and kick chairs over and shit. And like tackle him and then no. beat his face in. He went up there, went up there and smacked the shit smacked out of him. Shit out of him. Went and sat back down. The fact that he I'm thought he could just sit back down. He did. He didn't thought. He's like, oh, I'm. I, what they going to do? They're not going to take me out of here. They yeah. wasn't going to do all that. It was just. He um, should have been removed. No, they wasn't going to do all that. I knew that wasn't going to happen. He wasn't going to do that because at the end of the day, no matter. That's the other thing where you when you say like it set black people back. It's like. Will Smith is absolutely black. Don't get me wrong. And it was gonna be, and he was he was gonna win the award. So it was like they definitely can't. Like they knew that. How the show is gonna keep him going if he doesn't win his award? Yeah. So, and again, let me just get this thought out. Will Smith is absolutely black. His children are black. I I love his children, even though they you know whatever they're 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 an odd. It's an odd family. I love his kids. They're all they're all black people, but they're all also incredibly wealthy incredibly wealthy and i knew for a fact not a usher in that whole building was going to come up to will smith and go tap him on his shoulder and go hey man you uh you gotta go that's fucking that's fucking agents was k j whatever the fuck will men in black (laughs) that's men in black you're not asking him to leave anywhere nobody's coming up to him to say anything he's gonna sit down in his seat and unless he's embarrassed enough to get up and leave, which it says a lot that he wasn't, unless he's embarrassed enough. I didn't enough, get smacked. Huh? I didn't get smacked. I didn't get smacked. <laughs> <laughs> why, why am I Why would I leave? Why would I leave? Embarrassed by That's what? idiot up there. He got smacked. Look at him. Look at his fucking face. Black face and his red. Yeah. Stupid red. You got smacked face. and you did. He had a terrible joke. <laughs> and you still got to come up here and work. You got to still come out here and give people awards for stuff. Like, I, why would I leave? I'm a nominated for an Oscar yeah. tonight. So, but I knew nobody was going to come up and go, hey, Will Smith, you guys got to leave. It's, and that's why I go when you say, oh, black people set back. I don't consider, Will Smith's consequences don't set black people back. He's worth $100 million. He's Will Smith. He can go anywhere in the world and get love up until this It doesn't point. affect him, but it affects us. But don't you think that's crazy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that somebody would go, oh my God, Alvin just walked in the room. He might smack me in my face because I saw Will Smith smack somebody in the face. So any black person could smack somebody in the face. That's crazy. Yeah. And I just, I don't think, I don't, I, I, I saw based on people's reactions that that kind of, that's how the world works. But if you would have told me before it happened, like, yeah, man, if Will Smith did something, it would reflect on you. I would go, yep. you're crazy. Bad boys, Mike Lowry, nothing he does it looks bad on me and I'm, I was wrong yep. because there are people like, Oh my God, what do I tell my children? 
that this beast could just go up and smack a man in his face. Oh my god, he's a he's an animal. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? A lot of fucking inflammatory language where I go. Right. Any higher bodyguards sit front row now? Yeah, it's just crazy, man. <laughs> I don't know. And again, he got slapped. So what? Fired him. But again, I just want to make from the bottom of my heart. I just want to make this clear to people. I don't give a fuck. I don't yeah. care. Don't, don't message like me about funny, you disagree but. about what I said. I don't even honestly. I don't even really know what I've been saying. I know I I know what I feel, but I don't don't like marry me to something that i said because i don't care man i don't i don't really care these are two rich super rich people i don't care and it was just interesting to talk about like it was just an interesting thing that happened it was funny to laugh at i like when they people went i know who will smith didn't slap all the people from west philadelphia who he had to move to california for he didn't smack any of them yeah he didn't smack august alcina oh it was hilarious and that's more what i was into i don't give a shit about your think piece what you think about cult, toxic masculinity in this situation. I don't care, bro. It's fucking a bunch of rich people. Then a couple of days later, the video comes out. It looks like Jada Pinkett Smith was like, ah, ha, ha, ha. yeah, make another joke. Like she laughed after Will Smith came back and sat down in his chair. She did. Yeah. Cause people were like, I just hope people are really concerned about Jada. I mean, she must be embarrassed huh. like to, for, to have to be a victim of that toxic joke again. Exactly. Yeah. That's how it looks anyway. So, for people to be like, I just, you know, I know what it's like to be a victim of toxic nah, toxic masculinity like that. Wrong. And you just got to sit there like, no, nah, she loved that. You got it all wrong. I think, I think Jada Pinkett was like, they took pictures afterwards, all as a family. Like, yeah. they were loving it. They were like, that was the best thing that could have happened. Don't ever cross the Smiths. That was their energy. Yeah. Like, that's what happens when you cross the Smiths. Yeah. You get smacked Jayden was in like, your face. That's what we do. <laughs> Jaden Smith was like, that's what we do. Yeah. Don't play that shit. You know? So there, there's, there's not this like. Oh my God, Jaden Smith has to live in a house with Will Smith and he probably beats all of them. And you know, that's not how they felt, bro. Don't put your don't put your traumas and your feelings onto some other that's that's the worst thing about society care. right now. It's like people put on your your experience and something that kind of looks like something you went through, and they put all you they put all of their experiences on that situation. It was chilling, man. After that happened, Jaden Smith probably was in his infinity pool or somewhere yes. like in LA. It was like, well, come my come my album on or something. Yeah. Like that. That shit. I, it just uh, the whole thing was crazy, but at the same time it wasn't crazy. Like it was all it was crazy, but at the same time it's like who gives a fuck? It was just let's just laugh at this and then move on. But then it turned into all these think pieces and shit that I just didn't I just didn't care about, bro. And so I felt the need to touch on it, but at the same time it's like who cares? Who cares? Is Will Smith gonna pay me to care? No, I don't care. And that's my thoughts on the situation. Yeah. That's right, folks. It's time for um, some celebrations, some shout outs. Um, two, three weeks until CrimeCon. Right around the corner, man. Uh, super excited for CrimeCon. Vegas is going to be a, a fun time. I'm excited to meet up with podcasters, meet up with some investigators that we have relationships with. I'm just excited for the whole thing. I think it's going to be super cool. And um, I think that the date is passed to where you can use our promo code. I think promo codes are dead. But at the same time, still, if you haven't bought a ticket yet, buy a ticket. Come out to CrimeCon. Let's have a good time. We're going to have some fun. Now, getting into the shout outs. We're going to start off with a shout out to Pam. Is it Pam Beasley? I don't know. I don't think so. It just says Pam. So shout out to you, Pam. Much love and appreciation. Keep doing your thing out there. Up next, we got Tony with an I. I love you. You love us. We are together and the rest is just a fuss. Uh, up next, we got Carrie 
Oh, she gave it. Okay, so Carrie gave us a way to say her name. I don't know. If she wants wants us to say it's Carrie Holkey. I don't know. Sorry, it, it, you you gave me a way to say it phonetically, so I'm gonna say it. So shout out to Carrie Holkey. Much love and appreciation. Thank you. You're awesome. Up next, we got Brianna. Shout out to Brianna. Brianna V. Much appreciated. That V is for victory. That's a W. That V is for. That V is for victory. You're victorious. Great show, by the way. It's where Ariana Grande got her start, friend. If you don't know that. Also, Leon like on Disney. I mean, like Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. Yeah. Also, Leon, Leon Thomas the Third. Great songwriter. Also was from Victorious. Great people on that show. Just really all around talented. Mm-hmm. Up next, we got Sarah P. She's also pushing P, friend. Just to know, just that that thing is that's still in effect. We're always pushing P over here. Mm-hmm. And lastly, we got Shauna. No anything. Just Shauna's. Much love and appreciation. Shout out to you. Keep rocking in the free world and do 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 do. Um, what? Yeah, Nardwar. You never seen Nardwar videos? No. I love Nardwar. He's great. Um, anyway, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to get into some fucked up shit. So stick around. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. All right, welcome back. I'm the only one doing a story today. I do have a, a a good one that may lead to some, you know, a deep conversation. Let's like, do it. Like my many other stories, only because, you know, these stories, I still f- don't feel like people that are not African-American, don't. they just don't understand, man. Mm. The, the anxiety and stress that we go through every day. I just, I'm with people, you. I'm I think following. people. I think people. It's hard. It, will, it was always going to be hard for them to understand, but I still want people to be like, "Damn, you know they they go through this every day." 
you know, just to touch on that, yeah. because I've been watching the show really has already changed my perspective on life so much. And just the short time that I watched this, it, it's called the Atlas of the heart. Okay. It's by this woman named Brene Brown. It's on HBO max. And she asked a question about as a society, as humanity, how can, you know, you can never really walk in somebody's shoes. Right. Right. You, you we have different experiences. You haven't seen the things that I've seen. So just putting on my shoes and trying to take a walk in it, you might, even with my shoes on, you can never understand my perspective. Yeah. But what's a way that you can understand my perspective? By listening. Yeah. And by believing. Yeah. And a lot of, she said a lot of people don't. And when she said that, I said, wow. Because a lot of people don't do that. Because sometimes you say something that's so unbelievable and shakes somebody's foundation so much. That they go, it, it can't be that. It can't be. It, it well, can't, it can't be, true. be true. It yeah. can't be true. Yeah. It, that's that's that's. There's no, and that's what we experience. You yeah. listen. You go believe, believe women, believe, listen. Black lives matter, and they go, okay. What's your experience as a black person? Well, this happens. It's systemic racism, and this happens when I walk into a store, and they go, oh my god, no. I mean, when I walk in the stores, this never happens. You must be doing something. It must be something that you're doing. I don't. Ah, it, it's got to be more complicated than that. And just that, in in that instance you immediately remove yourself from being able to understand that person because you've heard them. You've listened to what they said, but if you don't believe their experience, then you could never fully empathize or begin to start the process of healing or any of that type of stuff. Yeah. So you need to be able to not only listen, but believe without stipulations or whatever type of rules you want to put in place where it's like, I mean, I'll believe up to this point, but once it starts getting too crazy where I've never experienced it, I just can't believe it. And then thus it didn't happen. Yeah. So my story this week is about the murder of Timothy Kaufman. So Timothy Kaufman was born in um, either 1950 or 1951. Not sure when, the, when it was two years he was born in New York City. He was the son of Tula Kaufman, who was a home health care aide, and William Kaufman, uh, who was the pastor of Mount Zion Baptist Church. Growing up in South Jamaica, South Jamaica houses, a housing project in Jamaica, Queens, Kaufman earned the nickname Hard Rock. For being skilled, for being a skilled boxer and street fighter, Kaufman spent his entire life in New York City, earning an associate degree after attending college in Brooklyn and Staten Island, and working as a social worker in Queens, including several years running a division of Neighborhood Youth Corps, a federal anti-poverty program. After this, Kaufman held a number of jobs, including a club promoter, and spent the last twenty years of his life living in a room at Barber Hotel um, on West 36th Street in Hell's Kitchen. While many residents of Barber are individuals transitioning from homelessness, Kaufman was a permanent tenant. Seemed like he had a, you know, not a bad upbringing. Mm -hmm. You know, his mom had a stable job. Dad was a, pa a, a, um, a, a pastor, and he went to, he had two degrees or a degree, yeah. and was doing some, a lot of community work, and was still... Living like a uh, Hey Arnold, yeah, like in a, in a room in a building, yeah, like a tenement type of situation, yeah. And uh, so he was described as an avid reader and a benevolent man, content with unassuming life. Kaufman reportedly enjoyed dis discussing religion and philosophy over unhurried meals of turkey, bacon, and grits at local diners. He used cash earned as a can and bottle recycler to help pay for his room and simple indulgences like trips to Washington, Washington D.C., where he enjoyed attending con congressional hearings. He was a collector of celebrity autographs and had an active social media presence on Twitter, 
posting about his desire to visit California and commenting on a 2016 election day selfie. Quote, I love America. He loves America. Yeah, but like the very what? The currency of autographs was dead long before Twitter existed. Who was still getting autographs? Who gets autographs for any from anybody? Anymore? He collects them now. He's a collector of, of celebrity autographs. What's wrong with that? Sounds like a loser to me. Damn. But I mean, hey, live your life. I don't know. No, deadass, if you go up and with a piece of paper and ask somebody to sign a piece of paper at this point in 2022, I mean, I guess this is probably t- 2015, 2016. Yeah. You're a loser. Like, I mean, Man. what are you, an autograph? Grow up. What's wrong with that? People uh, still ask for autographs. Uh, what are you talking about? Loser shit. An autograph? People get autographs from basketball an players. Ask, yeah, an athlete. No, no, that doesn't count. That's different. That's different. Right. That's different. No. Okay. I mean, I would never ask for Brad Pitt's autograph. Will you ask for a picture? Bah, maybe. Okay. I'm also just oh, not okay, that type of guy. But I'm just saying, that. like, I would ask for a selfie before I'd ask for like you to sign a piece of paper. I get that. That's some loser shit. Yeah, man. Oh my uh, God, Steve Harvey, can you sign my shoe? James Harris Jackson, who was a native, white U.S. Army veteran, allegedly intent on killing a black person with a sword. Oh. Jeez. He traveled by bus from Baltimore. He's from Baltimore. Okay. Traveled by bus from Baltimore to New York City because he figured the media capital of the world, mm-hmm. as they call it, New York City, was his best bet at drawing proper attention mm-hmm. on his upcoming crime. I'm familiar with the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jackson traveled by bus from his home in Baltimore to Maryland, Baltimore, Maryland to New York City mm-hmm. on March 17th with the intention of killing black men in order to prevent white women from having interracial relationships with them. And this is the second story I did in a row. I think my last story was last week. Had some elements Guy of did that. the same thing. Mm-hmm. A sword? A sword, man. Yes. Uh, yeah, so he was preventing white women from having interracial relationships with them, according to reports. He stayed at a hotel in Times Square on West 46th Street. On March 20th, Jackson allegedly walked up to Kaufman with a 26-inch 20, sword with an 18-inch blade mm. and stabbed him to death in Hell's Kitchen neighborhood. Kaufman mm. survived the initial stabbing and was able to walk into the Midtown South Precinct Station house on West 35th Street while suffering from wounds to his back and chest. Mm. So paramedics then rushed rushed him to uh, from the precinct to um, Bellevue Hospital where he was pronounced dead. So police scrambled to make sense of March 20th, 2017 slaying. A witness has seen the victim tussling with someone on the street. Surveillance footage showed a young white man with a black coat, neatly parted blonde hair, fleeing the scene. So this dude was like black trench coat, hair nice and done parted. And Mm -hmm. you would have thought Neo, nothing of this dude. Neo from Matrix. Except without the sunglasses. You wouldn't even thought you wouldn't even thought this dude was just like some regular old. I don't know a duster. You're saying they had like a long, a, a a down like to a, your it ankles. Like winter, it was like one ago. Yeah, I wouldn't call it down to your ankles. I wouldn't call it. Okay, okay, all right, okay, all right, fair, fair, <laughs> fair enough. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I wouldn't call it dust. Dust, I, I, dust is blowing the wind. And I don't a, think yeah, a duster. Is. I wouldn't go. That's just another person in the crowd. No, yeah, yeah. yeah why do you have a duster? On? <laughs> <laughs> it's like why? Okay, so less than it wasn't. It wasn't. Okay, it wasn't a duster. Okay. So, but the motive, the motive. Was a mystery, and by fo- and by the following evening, police still had no leads on the suspect, not even a name. As two dozen officers gathered in Times Square, nine blocks from the crime scene, 
at midnight to continue the search, a solitary figure suddenly emerged from the stream of tourists. The, there's footage of him. They call him walking. Oh, into the precinct? To go turn himself in. Oh, wow. The block he's walking just... Hair, like nothing, hair perfect. Just, like nothing happened. Wow. Nothing happened. I haven't seen that. With his duster on, hair all needed, just no, Don't say duster because it sorry. wasn't a duster. Sorry. You put it in my head now and I was like, I mean, maybe it was a duster. I mean, what better to hide a samurai sword than with, you know, than, yeah. than a duster? Yeah. So he turned himself in and says, I'm the guy you're looking for. Mm. Calmly slipping off his black jacket and setting setting it down in front of the officer. Um, and he says, the knives that you're looking for is in that coat. Mm. So Jackson turned himself into the police on March 22nd. According to police, Jackson told them that he had he planned to attack. He planned to attack more black men in Times Square. For the next five hours, in a videotaped interview that would later be entered uh, into court record, Jackson proudly told detectives he had stabbed Timothy Kaufman in the back with a Roman-style short sword simply because he was black. And it was like a, you know, if you look it up, it's like a, you know, a long sword with like that gold handle. It's like, yeah. Like a sp- it's like called a sp- like a Spartacus, like a Spartacus sword. Yeah, it's called, the name for it is like, it's called like a Gladius or something like that. Mm. So it was just like, you walking around with this? A 300 sword. It's crazy. Getting stabbed with a 300 sword is wild. Why are you walking around with this? Yeah. It's, it's like too it's big. Duster? It's like too big to be a knife, but also too small to be a sword. But he was in the military, so he probably had some type of little uh, holster. Shit in there, and it was just it just sits so he can go sling. Yeah, and just like like a little hol- like a little uh, chest holster for it. It's yeah, weird. Yep. Ja- so Jackson, this is a little bit of his of, of Jackson's background. So Jackson was born in a liberal household and lived in an almost all white area outside of Baltimore. His grandfather, and now this is this is uh, this part about him and his upbringing is like, you see how the influence of, you know, your parents obviously, but the people you grow around, you grew up with, and y'all all have the same mindset, mm-hmm. and it's like nobody outside of that can go, hey man, that's wrong, yeah, or just one person goes like, I don't agree with, I don't agree, I don't agree with that, yeah, and but wherever you in that town you live in. All y'all think alike, and it's like you take that, and then you you move out of that, and then now it's like with you all the time now. And yeah, you just look at black people this certain way. Yeah, it's like I don't. That's just how you see the world. That's that's crazy. Yeah, it's wow. That's life. Yeah, so Jackson was born in a liberal household and lived in an almost all white area outside of Baltimore. His grandfather, who was from Louisiana, supported racial into um, integration and frequently was the target of cross burning in his in his lawn. So. Yeah, Jackson expressed racist views as a young as young as three, shared them only with like minded people. Mm. Jackson had also voted for Barack Obama in, 2000, in the 2008 presidential election and opposed Republican vice president candidate Sarah Palin, saying, I couldn't let Palin get in there. She's stupid. Being more sexist than you are racist is like <laughs> pretty wild. That's crazy. Listen, I hate black people. But not as much as I hate a dumb woman. Yeah, I'd rather a fucking to run the country. I'd rather a Negroid with their small not. brains be a vice president than a fucking woman. But man, was he sweating <laughs> bullets? Yeah, because like I don't want either. I don't, I don't want, want either. either. <laughs> I don't want either. But I'm American. I have to vote. Yeah, I gotta vote. I guess I'll vote for the Negroid. I mean, she's gonna drive the country all bad and fucking crash the country. You know how women can't drive? Yeah. You're like, all right, I guess I don't think that analogy works for this. But 2008, they were pissed. Oh yeah. It's like, 
Do you want to be mad or do you want to be super mad? <laughs> so Jackson had graduated in 2007 from um, Friends School of Baltimore, a Quaker school. Don't know where that's at. Never heard of it. I feel like I've seen them on the, uh, sc- the snow day. Probably. The little, you know, when you're waiting to see if your school's closed. Yeah. I feel like I've seen Friends School on there. Mm, sure. Probably. So Jackson would later serve in the United States military as an as an intelligence analyst in Afghan in the Afghan capital of Kabul. In, tw- in 2009, stating he enjoyed the sense of mission in 2010 and 2011 before being honorably discharged after winning several awards in 2012. Jackson stated that he had been thinking about killing black men for a long time. He said, I figured I would end up getting shot by the police, kill myself, or end up in jail. Jackson said he picked New York because he wanted to make a statement. He was charged with second-degree murder as well as adding a hate crime charge. So he did not apply for bail and was held pending his next court date on March 27th. In an exclusive interview at Rikers Island with the New York Daily News, Jackson had mentioned the neo-Nazi website, the Daily Stormer, though he had neither confirmed nor denied ever being a reader. Jackson told the, the, the Daily News that he regretted killing Kaufman and wished to kill younger African-Americans such as, take a guess. Just a wild, random guess. Just the most, before you, just the most random black person that's, you know, that's famous, obviously, because he brought this person's name up that you can think of. That you wouldn't think a white person would know <laughs> to be a target to be like, that's who I really wanted to go after. I mean, just the three most random. Three? Let me name three? Three, yep. Lil Romeo, uh, Reggie Bush, <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, T.I. No. T.I. was close. That's the closest. Of all the names? The Gucci Man. No, no. Okay. So. Young uh, Jeezy. No, but you, you're super oh, close. close. Oh, let me go. Then let me go then. Um. Is it Atlanta? Is that how I'm close? Or is it just rapper? No. Ludacris. No. It's definitely Atlanta. Okay. Is he from Atlanta? Ooh. I think so. CeeLo. No. He wished to kill a younger African-American such as Young Thug. Oh. <laughs> that's, I, was the, I was in a different generation. I yeah. was in a different generation. Yeah. yeah. Young. Th- what year is this? Yeah. Uh, young Thug? Young Thug. He man. had to have a like an... A big song for this guy to know who he is. What was this like? Danny fucking Glover. him and fucking Rich Homie Kwan or something? No, this had to be Danny Glover. Cool. Yeah. But. Like Danny Glover. Yeah. So he said <laughs> he wished to kill Younger. For young Thug. Versus young Thug. And, a, and uh, you know, other successful older black men with blondes. Oh, like OJ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, he wouldn't have. He wouldn't have tried OJ? He wouldn't have tried OJ. <laughs> Listen, you can say whatever you want about O.J. Simpson. I guarantee you he keeps pissing on him at all times. I guarantee you O.J. Simpson is always strapped. He wouldn't have tried O.J. <laughs> like, I hate black people, but that's not one I'm willing to. I don't know if I want to squeeze that juice. I don't know if I want to try that juice. That's not one I'm That's not a risk I'm willing yeah, to take. Yeah, I don't know if I want to try that juice out. So Jackson also expressed white nationalist um, views such as belief in the white genocide conspiracy theory and the white race being eroded. Now, I've seen this in multiple 
stories. Some stories that I haven't done, I've seen this come up. Uh-huh. What about, when I read those things, I feel like they're going like, in 50 years, uh, you know, 100 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Less than that. They're going to wipe us out. It's, it's going to be less of us than what we are now. It's not a... Is, is it is it there? Is it some type of truth to that? No, there's absolutely, tr- there's absolutely truth to it. I mean, like, the world is becoming a, melting, a melting pot. It's becoming more or less homogenous. So you got Asian people ma- marrying white people, black people marrying Hispanic people. Yeah. So they have this figure. I, I, I do, you know, I do, you know, everybody, I feel like... In like 50 years, everybody's just life skin. Yeah, just they have a projection. There's yeah. a projection of what the average person will look like in the next 50 years. And it's like, um, looks like a friend of mine, honestly. A friend of mine who is biracial. <laughs> she has uh, like blonde, curly mm-hmm. hair, hazel eyes, and like brown, you know, yeah. type of skin. And everybody's going to just be kind of like a blend. But with dominantly type of melanated features. Mm-hmm. So like m- melanin will be a lot more prevalent in the next 50 years is the projection. Mm-hmm. And that causes for people who are like, well, I'm a purebred white person. It causes fear. Yeah. And it feels malicious, like they're being wiped out. Yeah. Hence the word genocide. Mm-hmm. But really it's just like people be choosing, man. Some people like a little complexion. Some people like this. Some people like that. And, you know, so people blend. And there's nothing personal to anybody. I don't think it's like personal attack on anybody. But, yeah, the world will be a little, a lot less homogenous in the next 50 years based on projections like national geographic put out a like a a, a mocked up picture of a person that they think people will look like in like 2055 really and it's, it looks like a i don't know a biracial person looks like a biracial person yeah it's crazy so it but that fear is real and you know the idea if you go well if i'm a pure-blooded white person that's like the best thing to be and it won't we won't exist in 50 years. But why is it black people though? Why is it like, we need to get them out of here. But it's like, because it's like, if you look at, because I did this the other day when I was just like looking at you know, National Geographic or whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. the population numbers of Hispanics are going up super, it's going up super quick. It's yeah. like, they're they almost they like, like them either. They're, yeah, but it's, but I feel like it's not, maybe because I'm not Hispanic, but I feel like it's, there's more attention to, them hating black people than it is them hating Hispanic people. That could be part of it though. It's like because you like know, you only know the you only know the hate that you live in. You know? True. Because the numbers are like Hispanics are almost outnumbering us. Sure. We're about when fourteen, they're probably about around fourteen, sixteen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's like I just And growing. Yeah, it's, I just don't I don't know. It's just it's just But at the same time it all goes back to stereotypes and racism and the black man stealing the white woman and it, it all goes back to like tropes. There's no True. tropes about Hispanic men yeah. s- stealing the white woman and whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? Like, it all goes back to racism. Yeah. And back to slavery and the, the Negroes are coming in in the middle of the night and sexually assaulting your our women. And it, it all goes back to that. It all goes back to the same, like, black dudes are trying to steal our women. And and then if they do that, we we won't exist in 50 years. It all goes back to that. And there's no... At least as of now, there's none of that animosity towards Hispanic men. Okay. But maybe it's building. I don't know. Yeah, this, yeah. These dudes are suave. You ever seen Antonio Banderas? Nope. He's Who's been that? around for a long time. What? Who's that? Antonio Banderas. Who's that? Like the sexiest man alive in 1997. What What does he do? Is he a model? What does he do? <laughs> he was in Spy Kids. I don't even know how to tell you who Antonio Banderas is. I don't even know how to tell you who he is. 
What is the most popular thing he did? <sighs> oh my god, man! I don't even. Desperado. I don't know. I don't know. You just That's know the most who, popular. You just know who Antonio Banderas is, or I, you don't. I don't know who he is. Have you ever seen Spy Kids? Yeah, I've seen Spy Kids. Yeah, he was the dad in Spy Kids. When last time you seen Spy Kids? Gorgeous man. <sighs> it's been about, about fifteen years, I, and I've seen it long enough. To, uh, now, <laughs> so I definitely don't. My point is, there's some Hispanic dudes. Oscar Isaac, I think he's Hispanic. I don't know these. They're uh, white Hispanic dudes are having a resurgence where women in general, not just white and women in general, are like, oh my god, I love Hispanic dudes. Hmm. So yeah. I don't know. Bad Bunny does pretty well. Okay, yeah, just saying. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so he was saying that the white, the white race is being eroded. No one cares about you. The Chinese don't care about you. The blacks don't care about you. Hmm. So Jackson's YouTube channel contained alt right neo Nazi Holocaust denial. MGTOW, pro-Trump, and white nationalist content. Some of the videos shared where it is time for whites to start voicing displeasure with black-on-white crimes. And blacks know that blacks are violent, so why does the white media pretend they are not? So the courtroom and, courtroom and police interview videos were released later. Jackson stated that his killing was an amateurish sloppish type of version of what he really of his terror his, of his terrorist attack what he really wanted to do oh it was just like his like um his warm-up yeah like, i just need to just gotta get something warmed up there. a little bit mm-hmm. and then i can get, get it's game time yeah so jackson described uh interracial couples as an insurmountable problem i mean that's the that's the main problem for him is like him he just i don't like it yeah. I don't like what my white women they these Negroes. Well, again, it, you have to really think of it in the context of like it's less about the woman per se and the next generation. Okay, because that's their fear is like we will be eradicated, and if yeah, because we're pairing off yeah. with opposite races, yeah. then the, what they their their creations will be not white. For a pure blooded racist person, there is no oh biracial. Like you're half white and you're half black. It's like if there's any black in you. Yeah. You're black. Yeah. And I don't, that's not a white person. So, yeah, that, yeah. There was a, um, oh, there was a country singer. Man, I can't remember his name. He's, he's, um, he's a mixed kid and he, oh, um, the reason why I know him is because he was in the celebrity basketball game. I know who you're talking about. And, um, I can't remember his name either. He told, and I looked, him I know up. exactly who you're talking yeah, about. I looked him up. Blaine Blake. Something like that. Blaze. I, I got you. Okay. But I looked him up and, um, cause I went, whenever I see like not white people saying country, I go, hmm, just want to, I just like, I go like, I want Kane know, Brown. Yep. I want to know, I want to know like what made them get in the country singing. So I looked his story up and he was like, there, I read his article, article where it was just like, he grew up, his mom is white, his dad is black, and he grew up like, I thought I was white. <laughs> I thought I was white, and then until something happened. And I realized I wasn't white. Right, until something happened where I was just like, what? I'm white too. Like, what's the problem? And then it was like, and then it's like you had that talk with your parents and all this stuff, and they and they that's when they hit you with the real shit. Like, this is real life. This is what happens out yeah. here. And it was like, it changed his whole perspective about a lot of things in his life. Mm. And I was like, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, he didn't know it was like him being mixed. It was just like, I he thought pa- I, he I passed. Thought I he passed until he couldn't pass. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I was I thought I was white. Yeah. And I was like, that's that was it was a it was a um very interesting article. 
Jackson believed that blacks need to be exterminated and stated that, in my opinion, blacks are inferior people. I think we should just preserve the best people, which is white people, and get rid of all the dead weight, which is everybody else, mainly black people. All right. He also said that his killing of Kaufman was, quote, practice for other attacks on interracial couples and mentioned that he had stalked between 10 to 15 individuals Mm. or groups, almost carrying out two attacks with the same knife, but hesitated, though he planned on killing several blacks with white women. So Jackson did not feel remorse for his actions, stating, no, he was a homeless black guy. I said, it was weird. I didn't feel great, and I didn't feel horrible either. I thought the stabbing would send me into a bloody rage fury. Jackson also stated that the killing was intended to start a race war in a manifesto written by him. It's like all these guys think that's going to be the end result. <laughs> I, hear, well, I hear so many stories that are like, yeah, then I'm going to kill a bunch of black people, and then it's going to start this giant race war. Yeah. Um, so uh, in his manifesto written by him, he said the racial war, the racial world war starts today. It began. God has ordered us to eliminate the Negro race from the face of the earth for the good of all mankind. Yeah, man. That's a lot to walk around with. Yes. You just think you have this big burden or this big mission in life yeah. to exterminate a whole race of people? To just get rid of some, uh, uh, a whole race of people. Good Lord. Do you guys go to Jeepers or Chuck E. Cheese or anything? What do you do? To, how do you unwind? This is what I thought when I hear people say they're trying to start a race war. So mm-hmm. he says that I was looking to get black people Sorry, I was looking to get black men scared and have them to do reciprocal attacks, mm-hmm. he said, and inspire white men to do similar things. So it was just like, I want to attack the, the black people so they can go, oh, let's attack. Let's, let's preemptively attack. This wipers, and then they go, there we go. That's it, what we want. And you know, this it never goes that far. You know what happens no. is there are people who exploit this fear, make money, and line their pockets. So, for example, in inner cities, situations like this, um, after Martin Luther King was assassinated, in cities all across the country, you know, people talk a lot about redlining, but there was a thing called blockbusting. Mm -hmm. And blockbusting was um, these banks and these lenders would give somebody who can't afford to live in a neighborhood where the house, like the comp comp for the neighborhood is Mm $100,000. They can afford to live in a house that costs $50,000. But they'll give you a loan as a person who is like not the doctor black family, the family that's like, you know, all our kids are in college. You're like a working class family. Yeah. And they give you a loan that allows you to live in a neighborhood that you, sh- you probably can't afford to live in. Mm-hmm. And then they go to that white neighborhood and they go, you know, more of them are coming. So you need to sell us your house and before, before, because your property value is about to drop exponentially when more of them move in. Mm. So your house that's worth $150,000 right now be worth $20,000 in a year. So sell us your house for $80,000 and just move. Yeah. This is a big factor in white flight. It wasn't just like Baltimore city. Yeah. This is exactly what happened in Baltimore city and cities all across the country, honestly. But, but I'm, I'm just saying just, it happened very much. So my grandmother, my grandmother was the first black people on the block. block. Yes. And so the lenders and stuff go around making phone calls and they go, well, you know, Hey, the property values go about to plummet. And then what they do is when you, when that white family sells that house for, you know, at 50% the value that it is, yeah. then they go 
to another black family and and sell it to them at the price that the comp is. Yeah. Because the comp hasn't dropped yet. Yeah. So they sell it to them for a hundred thousand dollars, even though they bought it for forty. Yep. They convinced his white family, like, hey, the neighborhood's going downhill, yeah. buy it for forty. Sell it to the black family for a hundred. And then in in five years, when their plan goes exactly like they thought it was, and the property value has gone down exponentially and is now every house in the neighborhood is worth forty thousand dollars you still are paying off a loan for a house that you paid a hundred thousand dollars for making tons of money and you're upside down on the house you can never you're now you have now you have to live there because you can never sell the house because you have a loan on it for a hundred thousand dollars for a house that's worth forty thousand dollars and all of that came from racism speculation fear and a bunch of shit like this so it never turns to a race war it just turns to some shit that makes like one percent of the country rich off of your fear all of the things that you fear just make somebody rich. It doesn't like lead to, you know, uh, w- nationwide violence. It might lead to some pockets, some situations of violence, but it mostly leads to people lining their pockets based on your fear. And that happened in droves in this city in particular and in yeah. cities all across the country. Blockbusting yeah. is a thing that I don't think gets talked about enough when we talk about redlining. Like redlining affected black people specifically, but blockbusting affected black people and white people. Like it preyed on the fear of white people and black people bringing down their property value and whatever other things they were told. And so they left these neighborhoods and moved out. And then they, and then those same houses were sold to black people at 80%, 100% above what they were worth. And then they're stuck in those neighborhoods. Cause it's like, I can't, who am I going to sell this house to? Yeah. The property value just plummeted by a 200%. So I'm upside down on this house as soon as I buy it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All white people get out of there and all the jobs leave. Everybody goes to the County and the country and stuff like that. And then, Crack epidemic or whatever starts mm-hmm. and then look where we at now. Yeah. Because um, some blocks in the city are just like a ghost town. It's like, what the fuck? It just, some blocks aren't even blocks anymore. It's like, just what like the, the hell, hell just the build, happened? The buildings are gone. It's like, what happened down here? It's like, it's, it's just, for somebody that has never been here before, you go, it's, it's some areas I've never been, I go, what the fuck? The whole yeah. block is just abandoned? Mm-hmm. Crazy. Uh, so he said, this this political terrorist attack is a formal, a formal declaration of a global total war on the negro race so on march 27 of 2017 jackson was charged with one count of each of the murder in the first and second degree as an act of terrorism second degree murder as a hate crime and three counts of criminal possession of a weapon in the new york state supreme court after initially planning on going to trial jackson pleaded guilty to the murder in january of 2019 and was sentenced to life without parole the following month he is now serving his sentence at Clinton Correctional Facility, where you can look them up. Get right on that. And write them a letter. Yeah. Do that dive for that information just for you. Maybe we can do back to back holding samurai swords pictures. We can do that. Mm-hmm. Might stab you in the back, though. So, Metaphorically and literally. Yeah. So that was my story of Timothy Kaufman, the death of Timothy Kaufman. So rest in peace. Rest in peace, Timothy yep. Kaufman. Just was the wrong place, wrong time, and his skin. He just happened to be black. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, man. Uh, a lot of hate in this world. Yeah. So you know, again, my point of this story was like the stuff that if it's not just, I could just say I deal with personally, just being out, and then sometimes you go, it's like being out and like making sure my guard is not all the way down because sure. just you just you just it's just hard for you to like to think about this. Like you said, if people don't listen. It's like somebody just go out and go. Hey, you think about shit like that? It's like, yes. Yeah. When shit like this can happen, absolutely. It's like, absolutely. I have, I have a family to protect. I'm out and it's like, I go, it's just like, I have to make sure I'm on 
high alert, but you can't be so on high alert that you kind of ruin, you know, the environment or who you with and just yeah. like your attitude and stuff like that. It's, it's just, a fucking it's it's, a, it's it's a it's a mental game consistently yeah. all the time. It's like today, for example, this is Sunday we're recording this. We took the kids to Disney on Ice. Mm-hmm. And this was in Pennsylvania on at Hershey Park. Okay. I walk in and I go, damn, it's a lot of white people in here. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty white event. Shit. It's like, but I mean like. Disney on Ice in Pennsylvania? I, I'm looking around like, it's maybe, I can count on my hands and toes how many black people are in there. And I go, damn, it's, it's just a lot. It's like, I don't have a problem with it, but it's just like. Where are the black? Where like maybe this is not a a blame for, a event for black people. Or something. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know, but it's like, damn, it's like it makes you. When I see a couple, I see black people, I go, I feel a little. It, yeah, I get you. I feel comfortable a little bit. This is this is a conversation I had. I was talking about this with my mom recently because you watch the. There's a lot of TikToks where you see. There's a lot of discussions about um, white gay men being performative and pretending to be black women as a, mm-hmm. as a personality trait. Like they just steal black women's mannerisms to, okay. to, to feel like they're entertaining. Mm-hmm. Like they just pretend to be black women. And, um, I had a discussion with my mom about, uh, code switching mm-hmm. and how, you know, and, and th- you know, there's a lot of mental health advocates and stuff out there, but I, there's no better, there's no better quote that I've heard. It was from, it's from Donald Glover where he goes to be black in America is it, you kind of have to be schizophrenic. Like you have to be three or four different type of people. Yeah. At any given moment, you have yeah. to you have to be able to like dip into this, switch into that, switch into this. And white people do it too. But there are infinitely more spaces for white people to feel comfort. Like this Disney on Ice, this is a great example. Or, you know, PWIs, predominantly white institutions. Like mm-hmm. most colleges are predominantly white. Yeah. So they don't have to feel a, uh, that feeling of when you walk into a room and you're the only person that looks like you in a room. And then you got to try to like, well, let me try to talk like, hello there. How do you, do? you know what I mean? Like, so white people code switch too, but because they have to do it less often, it feels so. It feels forced. It feels forced and like blackface and racist because they're like, yes. yo, what up, man? Because yeah. they don't. Black people have had to code switch as an identity for years and years and years. They, they call it the bill, the, the bill collector voice. Yeah. All because, these things. Especially on the phone. Because you have to, you don't want people to, because people are going to do it anyway. You can have laws all you want mm-hmm. for discrimination and stuff like that. Absolutely. But you have to do that to have a chance to whatever you're trying to uh, get or achieve. You have to do that to even have a chance and to also sound as educated as possible. To people on the phone, if they, if they don't, if they don't have a, if they don't have, they can't see you. Yeah. They can't, vis, you know, uh, physically see you. It's like, mm-hmm. I have to sound smart. I have to pronounce my words properly. And I have to put on my white, my white person voice. Mm-hmm. Only to like, to get in the room, to, yeah. to have a chance. Just to have a chance. Just to have a chance. Just to have a chance. And it's like, you, black people have to do that more than what white people Infinite, think. Infinitely. Yeah. Infinitely more. Even if it's out. Sometimes you just, it just, it just, it just turns on and you go, and that's, you don't even know. And you don't even know you're doing it. And that's why that thing we, we said earlier, which a lot of people think, and I understand because I've thought it too, with the thing about it set black people, that, that mentality yeah. is why we do that. That mentality of like, let me put on my best possible, uh, hello there. And I would like the cheeseburger and yeah. because I don't want to look a certain way in this you, space. You're trying to change, you're trying to change the, the quick image of, of what they think a black person 
you're not Isn't one of it, you're not one, you're of, not those. one of those you're like you're not you're you're one of those black people like it's yeah. just a the not ghetto yeah. black person and that's fucked up yeah but my point is like when white people do it, it's just it's just to like, oh, I have this fun little moment. I went I went to uh, Fat Tuesdays and there was a lot of black people there, so I just was like, oh, crrr. yeah, you know, and like, and I did that, and they yeah. were like, oh, she's hip, yeah. But then you get to go throughout your life where everything, eighty percent of where you go in life is catered to your comfort, yeah. So you don't have to code switch as often, yeah, but uh, so that's why, like I said, it comes out like mad racist and crazy, all right? The time. And it's like, I I just want people to understand how how exhausting that could be every fucking day yeah. to do that and to walk into in in my in my example of you know Disney on Ice walking to a room where it's like we are always minorities you know that's just how it is but i mean like walking into a room where it's like it's not a lot of you in it and mm-hmm. it's like white people can walk into a room if it's all white people and it's just like whatever mm-hmm. but a black person can walk into a room and it's like for me i go it's maybe half not half I, it's just it's just you you, count, I, you start counting you start counting but it's like there's a couple of people in here that look at me like, oh, I hate that person. Yeah. White people don't. There's like, judgment they don't walk happening. Into, yeah. as, as soon as you walk into the room. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, white people don't have to deal with that. No. But we can go, we can walk into a room and I go, we, and there's maybe two people in there going, and they're like, I hate that person just because he's black. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that stuff fucks with me. Or I'm skeptical. Or All I'm judgmental. Time. Or yeah. I'm scared. Yeah. Any, yeah. And that, and, and I just want people to know, like, that's a. Every day, every day, it's like it's every day you deal with something like that. And On then, top of, I gotta pay bills. My own, my own stress, stress that everybody across the because I, I don't deny that everybody has stresses, right? But on top of those stresses, I'm doing these mental gymnastics in yeah. every room that I walk into. Every day of my life, I'm playing some kind of game where it's like, okay, well, I talk. Do I talk to them about this? Like, how yeah. do I how do I present myself? Yeah. Do I want to come? I don't want to come up too aggressive. Well, let me not walk too close to this person. Yeah. Well, they're, these, this person's taking money out of the ATM. I don't want to get too close up on them while they're doing. It. I don't want them to think I'm robbing them. Right. Constantly. Exactly. And it's like there's an example. It's another example I have. It's just it's just, and I'm just trying to get people a a deep dive on how I think on a daily basis. So today also I was like I had, and this is this shit the lady said. I was like, what? I went to order <laughs> some. Um, chicken bites and some fries right mm-hmm. so i said how many how many come in the chicken bites she goes six to eight and i go okay give me eight she goes no it comes six six or eight depending on the size i go i go what <laughs> i don't get what that. kind of i was like okay depending on the size of the, p- bites? the size of the bite so it's at their discretion yes like, I well, go, this is a big go, one what? so you get I, six i go what i go okay just <sighs> give me the, the and my drink but the face she made and the deep breath she took after I go, after, you're she, being after she heard me miss, you know, go, give me eight. She goes, no, six to eight. I'm like, I go, okay. Yeah. So, like, it's like, for what is like, what, that, you didn't realize what you said doesn't make sense, right? Yeah. And you're charging like, people. No, you're dumb. Right. Right. And, and, and but, I said six to eight, <laughs> depending on the size of the chair. I didn't say that part, but like, duh. That's right. Duh. Right. right. But, Everybody knows that. But for me, I go. I feel like she did that because of my, just because of the way I look. And you'd never be able to prove I, whether it was or it wasn't. But stuff like that. Fucks That's a microaggression. That's what a microaggression Stuff with that fucks with me the whole day. And yeah. Steph goes, you got to let it. And I, I go, I can't, I, I can't. And it like, what it happens is I make myself angry mm-hmm. and I kind of take it out on the people I'm with. Yeah. It affects your whole mood. And I just, and it, I just can't, yeah. I can't let, and it, I go, bro, just, I go, Fran, let it go. And I yeah. go, I can't. I it's easy. It's easier. Said, it's easier said than done, <laughs> because you you because you you spend the whole day going, 
she wouldn't have done this if I looked like this. Yeah. Uh, they wouldn't have talked to this person that way. I mean, and again, um, I told the story about the, the, the trash incident that happened in my, in my complex yeah. where it's like, it, that sticks with you. Yeah. Your blood pressure being raised, that, that moment of agitation where let's give her the benefit of the doubt. And she goes, I just thought this person was dumb, devoid of skin color. Yeah. But for you, it felt like she was trying to belittle you and exactly. like, treat you like you were dumb or like you didn't understand what she said so clearly when she didn't say it clearly and she did that because of the color of your skin yeah. and now you have to live in that yeah. but that's like that's that's generations of trauma that's years of you living in this country that's feel, that's that's experiences that you haven't even had you yeah. just read in textbooks yeah all coming up in that moment and it's easier said than done to go uh, whatever like if she if she did mean it that way whatever let it go yeah it's easier said than done now for me it's like I've had situations where and that's and again it all, it all it all comes back to Will Smith where you go I've had situations in my life where I wanted to smack somebody in their face because somebody just tried me in a way where it, it really makes you like you put your hands on your hips and you go you turn your head to the side and you go really yeah you know where you go I'm at a wedding and people keep calling me Kanye West you know what I mean? But saying, but <laughs> yeah. saying, but saying it like real quick, like, yeah, yeah. hey, Kanye, you want to have a shot? Do a shot with us. Yeah. And you go, now if I smack this person at this wedding that I was invited to by a friend, and I don't even know the groom, I'm wrong. Is I'm the crazy black dude that yeah. smacked somebody at this yeah. wedding. So let me not do that. That's outraged and violent. Yes. Yeah. But but if I say nothing, then they're gonna they keep calling okay. me Kanye. Yep. You know, and. That's a real experience that, that I've had. Yeah. And, 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 and several experiences like that where it's just, it makes you turn your head and you go, fucking really, man? Yeah. Like I come, I'm, I'm at this party. I'm trying to have a good time. I'm a chill dude. Like I'm not fucking, I'm not trying anybody. I'm right. not causing any problems. Why are you trying to single me out or do a thing where you're trying to look cool to your friend? <laughs> look, I just, look, I called him Kid Cuddy and, and he didn't say anything. Look, I'm going to do it again. Hey, hey, uh, hey Cuddy. Uh, hey, Cuddy. Cuddy, you want a beer? And why are you choosing for me to be the guy that you want to try this on? Because in any situation, I know that if, and, and now I've seen it yeah, from the, the highest level, Will Smith. And this, that wasn't a racially motivated thing, but I'm just saying in any situation that I'm in, if I smack you in your fucking face, I'm wrong. Yeah. There is no justification for it. And, and, and it goes to that, He's an animal. Oh, don't let him. Don't invite him here anymore. Yeah. It it goes to the most extremes. Yeah. So I'm so cognizant of that that I'm like, well, let me just be cool, eat it. Uh, ha ha. Yeah, I got. Ha ha. You know, and I and I and I choose to eat those things as opposed to proving them all right. Yeah. Because they all think that anyway. Yeah. You know, and these are all the things that I'm walking around with on my as a chip on my shoulder in yeah. life, where I go like. Yep. I don't want to be what they already, they already think I'm this. So let me not, let me not give them the benefit yeah. of, of showing them as much as it would satisfy me yeah. to just, Ooh, just fucking like open your hip palm up and just, wow. Yeah. Smack somebody across the face. I'm wrong. And, 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 but that's what, that's what's being black in America is like. It's like, you're, you're always tense and you always are like, was that a slight against me? Was did they just like disrespect me yeah. racially? And you're always like, was it? Was it not? And a lot more times than not, we eat it. Yeah. So when you see somebody react, just know that was like time 100. Yeah. That was time 100 where it was like, I let this go. I didn't say anything when this happened. Yeah. This thing happened earlier in the day. I said nothing, and I just can't do it anymore. 
And that, that's why, how it comes back to Will Smith in that way for right. me. It wasn't racially motivated, but I just feel like I've seen that before because I've, I've wanted to do that so many times in my life, what Will Smith did, and I, I didn't. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of people will say, well, he shouldn't have either. But it's like, yeah, I agree. Yeah. But I, I kind of felt it. I yeah. kind of felt like where that, when you get that, like, you know what? Fuck this. Mm-hmm. That's, I've felt, I've felt the urge to have that feeling before. And I've contained it. Yeah. And Will Smith, and Will Smith didn't. Yeah. So um, just based on, you know, how we both handle those things and just come back around to my stories, like this story, some people, a lot of people don't read stories like this, but we do. And we go, okay, this is a real thing. This is, we can just have a target on our back at any time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you have to be aware of that. Even if, you know, you're having a good time, it's like, s- still, yeah. you still have to be aware of that. And it's like, um, yeah, so I just, that's just things that, like, you go through every day, and it's like, it it can be tough, and it goes, like, you read stories, and then it's like, people just say, and it's like, God, it's like, damn, it's just, it's just, it's just a lot, and I just want people to, to listen and to understand, like you said earlier, to the stuff that, you know, a lot of black people have to deal with every day. Yeah. Every day. Listen and believe. Believe, that's what In was. the words of Brene Brown. Yeah. Loved uh, the Atlas of the Heart. I'll get into it when we give recommendations. Yeah. But again, just one last time, just <clears throat> just to drive the point home, it's like the best thing that's analogous to, in my opinion, is when you watch a movie and, you, and people walk into a room and maybe the person is like a, a fugitive or something and the record scratches. Mm-hmm. I feel that feeling so much more. And, and that's not to say that white people have, don't feel this feeling, but it's, it's way less often. Because there are so many more spaces curated to the comfort of white people than to the comfort of black people. I walk into so many more spaces where I, I, the record doesn't literally stop or scratch, but I feel the like, yeah, black people don't come in here. Yeah. But okay, but we're going to keep our eye on you. You know, that whole, you can, it's visceral, bro. It's it's thick. You can feel it in the air when you walk into somewhere and you go, not a lot of black people come here. Yeah. And I can feel that people are uncomfortable or like skeptical or think I'm going to do something or have these thoughts of what a black person is in their mind. And they go, Oh boy, is he going to fucking gang bang in here? Or is he going to fucking just do a drive by? Like I can see the wheels turn. I can feel the wheels turning of like prejudice and, and what they think I am happening. I don't know. That's, that's the, that's the best way I can put it where you go. I can understand when you say, yeah, so that's why I'm walking around in the world all the time. Anywhere I go, I like, this person, somebody could just fucking snap and just yeah, fucking yeah. want to kill me. It's like you just have to walk in and uh, like observe. Like you have to like every every just look, make sure. Like you just you just have to because you can once you if you if you're the only black person to walk into a spot like you say, all eyes are on you as soon as you walk in. Mm-hmm. It's like you have to analyze it and go, yeah. okay, I know I know what the situation is. I know how I, who you know how I have to act and yeah. whatever. Like it's just it's a lot, man. It is a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. And, and, and I just, like you said, I want people to listen and believe. So listen and believe. Yeah. And um, an, another part of that is there's this thing now, it, it's a victim mentality, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's like the new keyword of people who say, hey man, stop, stop being a victim, right? And there's a, there's a difference between having, feeling like a victim mm-hmm. and being victimized. I don't feel like a victim. Yeah. My life is great. My life is great, friend. Yeah. I love my life. Yeah. I have a great job. Life is great. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, you know, I make good money. I get the podcast with my friend every weekend. Yep. 
We're going to Vegas at the end of the month. Life is great. Yeah. But that doesn't change anything when I walk into a room and I feel like I'm being judged. I might not feel like a victim, but that doesn't make me not feeling victim victimization in that moment. I don't feel like a victim. I'm not walking around blaming the world for my problems. I'm not walking around feeling like the world owes me something because something was stolen from me. That's not my mentality. That's not, I'm not, I don't have a victim's mentality. But if you're being victimized, that's a real thing. You know, you can't like, hey, hey, don't feel, don't feel like you're being victim. Don't feel like a victim when you're being, when uh, you're actively a victim of something. That's crazy. Yeah. But that's the mentality of like, well, if you just let it go, and don't even think about that type of, just let it go. Stop being a victim. It's like, but I just, but that happened to me. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not walking around feeling like a victim, but like I was just a victim of something, you know, this lady wouldn't let me in my building because she's never seen me before. And she wants to see my, uh, my license. Why do I have to show you my license? I live here. I pay rent here. I don't pay you rent. The check doesn't go to you. Yeah. Who are you to show? I have to show you something to live here. Who are you? That person's just supposed to go like, Hey man, whatever. Fuck her. No, you feel something. Yeah, that's a. That's a it, it takes you back. It makes you feel small. It makes you feel like everything you've done in life is like irrelevant. Yeah, show me why you belong here in that moment. You feel like this small. You feel like an inch, an inch high. Why does that person get to make you feel that way? You just got to go. Hey, man, I'm not a victim though. I don't feel. I don't feel all that victim shit, man. Life. I live in America. I'm not gonna let anybody make me feel like I'm a victim. Like no, that's just we're just victimized. Yeah. So there's a difference between a victim mentality and 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 feeling the effects of actual being actually being victimized, yeah. man. That's real. And it stick with you for a couple of days. It's it's like, stick, it makes yeah. your blood boil. Yeah. Somebody being able to just elicit that feeling out of me at any time that they want to. Yeah. Just to make me just uh get in your place. Let me see your license. Why are you here? It's six to eight. I didn't say six or eight. I said six to eight. And you go it's crazy. Ma'am, I didn't my I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm Who sorry. Who says you get six to eight nuggets. <laughs> what? I went. And and for her to talk to me, like one thing I hate, I don't sit up here and like I'm the smartest person in the room. Don't know. I don't know a whole bunch of big words. But one thing you won't is talk to me like I'm an idiot. Don't talk down to me. That's one thing you won't do. Yeah. So don't sit up here and like and be like, I said it's six to eight, not no, six or eight. Dumbass. I said six to eight. So you're so going to charge me. Not whatever it was. I'm charging you regardless, and it's my discretion on if, if this sixth one is big enough that it counts as eight. Crazy, bro. This six, this, this six nugget I put in the box counts as two nuggets, so you get six nuggets. But but it also makes you feel like, did I, did I not like, am I the, did I not like understand what you, am I the idiot? Like, I was just like, who, I've never even heard of that before, man. I mean, never heard of that before. Yeah. And, yeah. and I yeah. felt like that, I was the stupid one that was like, oh, I just, I just, misheard her or something like i was just like okay and you just gotta eat it and it a, just yeah. and, and i went back to my seat like she talked to me like i was an idiot she made a face or smirk i mean like i made a noise and like i was an idiot and that bothered me the rest of the day it bothered me for the rest of the day yeah and i'm talking about it right now and it happened <laughs> fucking 10 hours ago <laughs> and uh yeah let's go ahead and uh get into these good vibes to pick things up a bit because i'm not doing a story because i've been out busting my ass getting content all day and so i just i don't i didn't have time to get to the story so yeah shut, shut up shut your mouth <laughs> good, 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 good 
That's right, folks. It's time for some good vibes. And since I did not have a uh, affirmative murder for you this week, I'll kick things off, friend, if you don't mind. Uh, my good vibes story this week is about a, uh, a pair of Holocaust survivors who reunited in Florida after a labor camp friendship was broken up 80 years ago. Dang. Yeah, damn indeed. So those who say there's no such thing as destiny need to meet Jack Wacostle and Sam Ron. Victims who met during the Holocaust and who met again 79 years later in South Florida. Having endured slave labor shoulder to shoulder in the Pianki labor camp in Poland, the two were separated after after uh, Waxal escaped into the forest and Ron was moved to a different camp that was ultimately liberated, which is like, whoa. He didn't escape. He just was fortunate enough that he survived long enough for they it to let end. Everybody go. Yeah. Well, they didn't let everybody go. They oh, came yeah. and like you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. they came and people died to yeah, get them out. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. But like this, the the one guy ran off into the woods and the other guy didn't. Luck, luckily, he wasn't one of the millions of people who were killed in these camps. Mm. Um, neither knew the other had survived until Waxow attended a United States Holocaust Memorial Museum South Florida dinner last Sunday. And found his old camp comrade to be the guest speaker. How are they like a hundred? They got to be something like that, unless they were like five at the camp. So yeah. then they could be, you know, 90? 90. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, That's so like crazy. I said, neither of them knew the other had survived, and they met at this dinner, and they he was he intro, he was introduced by his, by his former name of Shamel Rakowski. Waxo felt as if he was seeing a fraternal brother. You know, when you go through something like that with somebody, you know, it really connects you. Yeah. So he said he jumped off the seat and came running over to me and came running over to my seat and says, you're my brother. I was very emotional. I'm normally not a very emotional guy. Ron explained just oh, they were. Oh, this is crazy. Just teenagers at the time of their imprisonment of mm. their imprisonment. So they're close to 100, yeah. maybe over just teenagers at the time of their imprisonment. The two managed to both immigrate to the United States, specifically to Ohio, where they both lived for over 40 years, unaware of the other's existence before eventually moving to the South. So they both lived in, a, in, in Ohio for 40, over 40 years, not knowing the other lived there. They That's both great. just happened to migrate there after the Holocaust. Yeah. Um, we were pushing coal to the oven to make heat, to make power. And Jack said he worked at the same place. So they worked the same. Jeez. Ron said of, Ron said of their time in the camp, Hard work, bad conditions, cold, hunger, hundreds of people died. It wasn't uncommon to wake up in the middle of the morning and find the person next to you cold, as in dead. Um, despite living 40 miles apart, the two men are determined to keep the survivors' flames burning and fill in the massive gap of years with life stories. Ron occasionally makes appearances at schools to teach young people about, the, about his experiences. He said, I try to teach them not to hate. And to have a lot of hope and believe in yourself. This is what I did. This is how I survived. Because I believe in myself, said Ron. Uh, Ari, Ari Odds, Odzer, yeah, Ari Odzer, reporting for NBC, says that uh, succinctity of the pair, that they, that they revenged themselves against Adolf Hitler by living long, successful lives and having children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. And uh, there's there's the two of them again. I don't have an age, but look at that. They couple of people, shit. couple of people that survived unspeakable hell, right? Um, but yeah, shout out to them, man. They uh, they they 
They found a kinship in a very hellish situation. They found love in a hopeless place. Yeah, man. Um, my good vibe this week is about a a man beat the man uh, with British lowest fuel as he drives the world's smallest car, which costs seven pounds, which is seven dollars to fill up. Full tank. Full tank. Ooh, that's you nice. Dimensions like this, I go. I get it. It's cool, mm-hmm. but it also looks ridiculous it's like yeah it's mad embarrassing it's, <laughs> i what get is it, it like a one-seater car yeah it's like a fucking go-kart with like a top on it it's like i get it yeah. save money but it's like that looks ridiculous man. I'd rather ride around in an f-250 and, and have my dignity the gas bills the gas bill's gonna be high yeah but i'm not riding I'm not around not riding in a super around. mario car no no not at all so alex orchin is seen buzzing around his village on his daily on his daily chores in a quirky blue peel P50, which is five feet tall and 11 inches. 11 inches what? Five foot, I'm sorry, five foot 11 inches. Oh. Car enthusiast drives around the tiny motor posting letters and filling and filling up with fuel. So, but I mean like, it's not a dollar to fill it up, but you have to go more frequently though. Yeah. You, you can't so get like, as many groceries as you want. Right. Can't, you know. Can't get groceries at all because you can't fit nothing in there. It's a one-seater. So it literally is big, just big enough to take that person around. So the car, right, the car is just 134 centimeters, which is 50, 53 inches long and 39 inches wide. Jesus. Um, and 100 centimeters high and also has a 5 liter 1.3 gallon gas tank. So you think he can just pick that up, like <laughs> put it on his shoulder? When he- Bro, he doesn't even get two gallons in that thing. <laughs> <laughs> like What? Two gallons of petrol. So wow. Eccentric Alex, who is 31 years old, is an avid motoring collector who loves driving around in tiny three in, t- in a tiny three wheeler. It's got three wheels, and it has three wheels. Wow. Didn't even notice that till just now. Yeah, it has three. It has it's a trike. One in the back. It's a trike. Yeah. So he's become obsessed with cars since watching Jeremy Clarkson drive on Top of Gear last year. He drove the length of the of the UK in a car which has a top speed. Top speed of 23 miles per hour. Oh. Hello. Riveting. Hello. But I mean. Sounds like a blast. Hey, he made a That's his thing. I, like, I drive like, whack cars. Yeah. He's like the opposite of Jay Leno. Uh, yeah. So he has, he drives a car where he can pay $9 for not even a gallon and a half and go saving money. Yeah. But it's like you have to refill up in like 15, 15 miles. Driving around in a hollowed out coconut. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, get, you do it for, for you, fun. I, I get it. That's cool. But it's like. Is, is it this like some kind of combat to yeah. the rising gas prices? Like, yeah, I guess, man. But you look like a fool. You're like a fool, I think. I'd rather drive around in my car and just. You like one of those, what was one of those uh, fish price cars with red <laughs> and yellow top? Yeah, like pet, pet, kick it around, yeah, yeah. Car? <laughs> like that. Driving around the kids' car, man. Come on, <laughs> like Stern got a red horn in yeah, the middle. <laughs> come on, man. You gotta want better for yourself. Listen, I know you're saving money or whatever, but look yeah, you look you look like a fool. <laughs> Get your, get your life together, man. Uh, how, is how much is saving gas money really worth? These gas, these this whole all this this gas nonsense is just. You got to get the gas anyway, man. Just shut up. Yeah. Like all this complaining. Unless you go get electric car. Unless you gonna go to a new car, buy a whole new car. Yeah. Dang. If you're gonna make the switch, then cool. But if not, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, prices gas. The price wouldn't be like this if. They, shut up, man. <laughs> shut up. Just shut up. Um, but yeah, man, you know, so yeah, there's a couple of, couple of good vibes. It made me laugh the yeah. story with the kid. 
Um, before we get out of here, a couple of um, things that I would recommend. I've been watching still. Um, still. Uh, I've started watching Top Boy. So I started saying, st- you know, I used to watch a lot of um, British YouTube. It's one of my favorite things. Young Philly, Chunks. This was my guy. So I, I, you know, so I used to say, like, I, I try to implement UK slang. Still. You're hungry still. Uh, so I've been watching Top Boy. It's always great. Yeah. Um, the Dropout on Hulu. Still great. Um, Atlanta. Yeah. It's it's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's you know, brilliant. Darius is my favorite character on the show. Darius reminds me of an exaggerated version of myself. <laughs> and so I relate to a lot of the stuff. I feel like a lot of people might hear like the, the dialogue and stuff that he says. People might go like, what? But I just. That's my guy, man. One of my favorite things he ever said, and it felt like. I was like, I might have said that to somebody before. He goes, I would say it's nice to meet you, but I don't believe in time. It's a construct. So I would just say, yeah. we always met. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, the person was God, like, like, yeah, Darius is, Darius is dope. And the, the the latest episode of Atlanta is great. Yeah. I also just started watching um, The Girl from Plainsville, okay. which is about, Mich- I want to say her name is Michelle Carter, who was the girl who was dating this guy named Conrad. And he... Had planned on about the name. I just comrade. Yeah, Yeah, I don't like it. It Feels racist. Um, he (laughs) he, yeah. (laughs) He planned on. It feels like civil war ish. Yeah. He he planned on committing suicide though, Mm. and she was egging him on through text. So he was like, I don't know. I'm scared. Should I? And she was like, Yeah, you should. This happened like four years ago. I think I remember. But they made a show out of it. Like they made a they made a television show out of it. It's it's really good so far. They have the first three episodes out, and the case is so. It's wild. Like it's just as and and it's L Fanning, which I don't probably doesn't mean anything to you. No. no, I tell you like this. It does mean something to you because I know you respect Dakota Fanning. I know who Dakota Fanning is, yes. Yeah, yes. I know who it is, yeah. What about it? Well, that's her sister. Okay. Dakota Fanning, you know, from Man on Fire, man. She was like, Yeah, a, but I don't what what is I don't what does that have to do with me? I don't understand. Uh, she's a great actress, is what I'm saying. Oh, I thought you mean like that was her sister, so like you should know. Her. No, I'm just saying like you know who Dakota fan. You yeah. know of a Dakota. I fan. know who Britney Spears is. I know who Jamie Spears is. <laughs> and <laughs> you know what, man? And what? Fair point. Fair point. You just you just six to eight pieces me <laughs> just now. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't you got. Me. I don't know, man. I don't should understand. Should I fight you now or <laughs> like with me? Don't talk down to me. Um, but anyway, so L Fanning is the star of the show, and she's doing a. Is that her name? Her name's L Fanning, yeah. L. Well, her name's L. Okay. Fanning. All right. And she's doing a fantastic job. I mean, she's just doing a great job. I think she she's, I think she's gonna win an award. I think she's gonna win. Uh, um, I think she's gonna win an Emmy for this one. Cause it's she's so crazy. Mm. It's so crazy. And the girl's story is crazy. You know, she convinced this guy, or she. she I don't want to say she convinced him, but she. Let's say you win a what Emmy? An Emmy. That's what you win for t- um, TV shows. Oh, okay. But like, shout out to shout out to uh, Whoopi Goldberg. Shout out to yeah. He got winner right. Yeah, she has won them all. Yeah, Tom, Tony. Did she just mean? I mean, she just like recently won like the last one, right? Whatever. No? I mean, I'm sure she has a couple. I feel like she, I feel like I just heard it somewhere. She's an egot for sure. She's yeah, yeah. one of a few. Yeah. Not a lot of people have egot it. She's she's in a very exclusive company. What's Whoopi Goldberg? She's amazing. Yeah. But the case itself is so fascinating. Like check that out. Um, I just want to make sure you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. So this guy was having suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. He was leaning on his girlfriend as a source of comfort to just let her know, like I'm having these thoughts. Yeah. And then the day he decided to go through with it, he, they were in communication the whole time. And she was like, yeah, you know, the world sucks. Like you should, like you should absolutely do it. And then he was in his truck. 
he had like a motor in the truck, like a he had something like that in the car that he had the, the so the the fumes were in the truck with him. Oh shit! And he got out of the truck, and he texted her and said, "I can't go through with it. I started passing out. Like, I don't know." And she was like, "No, get back in the get back in that's, there. That's you got to go through with this." And so the case is all based around. She, she, she be suicide. Charged, right? Yeah, okay, I remember. This. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, is she? Did she? Is she? Did she kill him? Yeah. Like, is she responsible for his death? And it's a really complicated story. But if you watch the show, I'm only three episodes in. I don't know how many episodes in. You go, oh, for sure, she's guilty. Yeah, because the show is making her out like, oh, she's crazy, and she wanted him to die so she would get sympathy for his death as being his girlfriend, and she loved the attention she got as the the victim or the the girlfriend of a guy who died. Yeah. It all makes her look super yeah, that gross. That reminds me of the, the kid that just passed on the damn ride. And a girl, a girl, a girl came there, out yeah. and said she was his cousin. That's crazy. That's wild. And and she was immediately found out to be a fraud. That is wild. That's the world we live in, though. That's insane. That's the world we live in. Man. That's the world we live in. Do anything for clout. Yeah. Jesus. Do anything for clout. I'm starting GoFundMe. Hey, let's, let me help. I'm, this money's going to the family. I'm his cousin. Wow. Doesn't know. Don't family know had to come. So the family in the middle of their grief had to come out and go, Wait, we don't know this person. No. I don't know who this lady is. She's a liar. Opportunistic scams, fake profiles. It's just it's a sick world, man. Yeah. But yeah, no. Um, the dropout, mm-hmm. um, the girl from Plainsville, Atlanta. Yep. Those are those are those are three ones that I'm watching right now. And also, just this is one I just started watching. It's my it's my mindless show, and I'm not suggesting it to you because you won't like it. It's awful. It's 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 actually awful, but I love it. I started watching. It's called Byron Bay, Byron Bay's mm-hmm. Byron Bay, but like B A E. And it's the show about these these Australian people who are live on this like in this city in Australia who are they're all Instagram influencers, mm. and it's like this town of Instagram influencers, and they're the most despicable, vile people I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but I can't stop watching it. I love it. They make me sick. They'd be like, "Oh my!" Because I like one of my favorite things is mm. "nar." That's my favorite. That's one of my favorite words. When Australian people, British people, whoever says it, it's one of my favorite. "Nar," like no. Nar, they say nar all the nar. What are you? And and they're all Australian and talking about their followers and influencing and their whatever all the, the likes they get. Yeah, it's all just like oh, you people make me sick. You're all so disgusting. But yeah. I can't stop watching it. Byron Bay's. So those are just a few of my suggestions. You got anything? Um, Atlanta, great. Um, fantastic. The new episode of I gotta watch the new episode. I'm doing that as soon as I leave here. As soon as I get home, watch the new episode of. Um, Practical Jokers with Eric Andre, because that's my guy. Oh, he is on there. Definitely going to watch that. Um, still trying to catch up to Snowfall. Yeah, great. Wild. Yeah. Um, oh, I watched something that's not that's out of my element, man. Oh, please. The Last Kingdom. It's on Netflix. It's like one of those fucking um, is it castle like- type fucking Viking mm. type. Not Vikings, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, like that Victorian yeah, man. 17th century type. I saw, Steph was watching it, right? So uh-huh. I'm like, what the hell is this? I saw a part where this guy, girls get you to watch some shit, man. This fucking you just these, get swept up in these. It. You see, like they was like doing something, and they you see the the fucking sailboats uh-huh. come in because yeah. they're about to fucking take Warp. over. Yeah. The guy comes, took the killed one of the dudes, took the guy's head and dropped it on the dude's front of his castle. I was like, holy shit, <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> I was like, I'm hooked. The Last Kingdom. That was wild. I was like, that is crazy. You know what makes me you know what makes me so mad that you say that? What? Is that you made fun of me so hard about Game of Thrones. He's gonna bring that up. And it's I haven't even seen this show. Yeah. Game of Thrones is even in when it got bad, significantly better than the show, I'm sure. Mm. 
and you were like, oh, the dragons. Oh, you're mad because the show's bad now. Ooh, everybody's mad. They don't like the show anymore. Well, yeah, I loved it. I loved that. You got mad. He was mad. But I hate, I just, I don't like. um When everybody's enjoying something. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> you're a hater. That That's bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> whole world was enjoying a show you're like as soon as it, there was a bad episode you're like oh i love it you guys are all upset yep. oh was it bad were your dragons not as what you thought yeah. they were gonna be oh quiet yeah. i was like it's a good show i like the I show like man just, just like that show the show with the teens i can't i can never remember the name of that show you know what i'm talking about why do you do that you do that every time man you know what show i'm talking about what is it called again it's called euphoria euphoria bro. that's the, what it it's is it's one of the biggest it's one of the biggest shows and on I, television but Everybody talking about it, so I, I won't watch it. <laughs> I like to go against the green, man. Is that what it is? Is that what it is? These this my whole life that I've known you. That's what it's been this whole time. While I can't get you to watch anything, you're like, I just, I'm going against the green. That's what I it just, is. This I whole watch time? when it died down. Breaking Bad was late. And I, I enjoyed that show, but nobody was watching. Nobody's talking about it anymore. That's when I love it the most, man. Yeah, man. I don't like I, I don't like when everybody's joining it. I respect you, man. You're, I hipster. It. you're a hipster. You're it's a hipster. cool to be like. Yeah, you get you to follow along with it, and stuff. I don't care. I don't care about that, man. I don't care about that. You can do that on Twitter. I don't want. I don't want to do that. It's so fun to live watch a show, live tweet, because it can get ruined for you real fast. That's why I'm like, not if you're all watching it at the same time. Yeah, but some days you go, up oh, can't get on Twitter for the night because I don't want. I haven't seen That's you for you. That's yet. my life. That's my life. Nah, man. <laughs> I'm just gonna stay away from social media right. for the next couple of days until I have time to watch the show because I, I know the spoilers are there. That's the that's the, when you dance with the devil. Sometimes you get burned. You know, I get that, but uh, I just wait. I wait to die down. I will watch you for you. Yeah, but you wait too now. long, man. And now bring it up and we talk about. That's it. crazy. That's like a couple of years and that's crazy. Yeah. Then I got to rewatch it because I don't know what the hell you're talking yeah. about. Now you're dragging me back into it. I'm watching Euphoria again five years from now, from the beginning. Come on, man. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans, and we'll see you guys next week. Deuces. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.